What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, folks. It's Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Uh, back with you for episode 27 of our Locked on Bucks podcast. Uh... Getting ready again for Sunday's season opener, Bucks at Atlanta. Uh, Tuesday is probably the day you're listening to this on. Uh, Tuesday is usually a day off in the NFL. Uh, so we're going to have, I think we're going to find that the Wednesday podcasts are, are kind of the good uh, stop looking back on the previous week, start looking ahead on the uh, game to come. Tuesday is usually a day off in the NFL, so we have no access to the Bucks on Tuesday. Uh, does not mean it will be a day absent of news. I will be curious to see uh, if there's any roster tweaks that the Bucks make. Uh, if you are on roster at uh, 4 p.m. on a Tuesday of a game week, you get a game check. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're there on Sunday or not. It matters whether you're on the roster uh, at 4 p.m. Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so any of the roster moves that are really going to be a difference maker for this Bucks team uh, in terms of changing their 53-man roster have to be in by 4 p.m. on Tuesday. I will be curious to see uh, if the 53 they put together on Friday will stand as the 53 they take to Atlanta. Uh, there was a little bit of news. The Bucks did practice Monday. Uh, kind of have an extra day, if you will. Usually Monday is kind of a, a meeting, uh, get caught up and rest day in the NFL because you're coming off of a game on Sunday. Uh, but they were able to practice this morning. Practiced at 10 a.m. Again, went out there nice uh, and early before things got too uh, hot or too rainy. Uh, and not too much of significance that came out of that practice. Uh, a couple things we're going to get to today, just to let you know what's coming up here. We're going to talk about captains being named for the Bucks. Uh, we want to have an update on Danny Vitale, uh, Bucks draft pick, who had been claimed by the Bills. I uh, want to look ahead to Atlanta a little bit and then talk about one more player who could be joining the Bucks on Tuesday. Uh, but before we get there, uh, did practice this morning. Uh, the most notable things to take from practice this morning, first of all, the only injured player among the 53 on the active roster uh, was Devontae Bond, the uh, backup strong side linebacker, the rookie from Oklahoma. Uh, was not practicing. He's had a hamstring for, I don't know, more than a week now. Uh, so we'll be curious to see if by, like, Wednesday he's back practicing or whether he's likely to be inactive. Uh, Bucks are only carrying five linebackers, so to have one of them injured is to put themselves in a, uh, a little bit of a predicament. They do have two on the practice squads. They can always call one up uh, from the practice squad later this week if they felt like they had to for depth concerns. Uh, but anyway, Devontae Bond, definitely somebody we're watching there. When they lined up, uh, they did line up briefly. A lot of times, you know, during the season, we only get the first half hour of practice open to the media. Uh, in preseason, of course, it was wonderful. Got the whole practice, got to take video. Uh, they know that fans are there, so it's kind of silly to restrict the media, if you will. Uh, but now the practices are closed to the public, uh, we get the first half hour, and then we leave. Uh, so anything we see in that first half hour is kind of great. Usually it's a lot of uh, stretching, a lot of uh, positional drills, very little that would suggest to you who's working with the ones, who's working with the twos, anything like that. Uh, but fortunately for us, in the last five minutes of that period today, uh, the Bucks lined up with what you would consider a, a scout team offense, if you will. They had the second team offense lining up uh, to show some of the 
position, uh, the alignments, the tendencies, the uh, the looks that Atlanta will give this week. So we get to see the first team defense, uh, which curiously uh, had had Vernon Hargraves inside. They opened in nickel, uh, and Vernon Hargraves was inside as the slot corner or the nickel cornerback. You had Werner and Grimes outside as the outside corners. I, I do think when they shift to their base defense, their three-linebacker defense, if you will, uh, I think you'll still see Hargraves as an outside corner. I think they're going to have him on the field as much as possible, get that kid all the reps in the world, uh, and just let him be a playmaker for them. Uh, but was curious to see that. The other thing that was interesting to see is that on that second team, uh, kind of that Falcons scout team, I think I think Dirk actually calls it a service team, uh, but Austin Sperry Jenkins was the tight end in that look. So that kind of reinforces what you saw in the last preseason game, uh, that Cameron Braid and even Luke Stocker are ahead of him on the depth charts. Uh, big news after practice was that Dirk Cutter did announce uh, the captains have been selected. He had said he wanted to wait until rosters were cut down before the players voted. Uh, that way the players that were voting are the, the players that would be with the team during the season. Uh, five captains named as the uh, Buccaneers captains for 2016. Uh, Gerald McCoy and Vincent Jackson, who are both now in their fifth year as Bucks captains. Uh, five years in a row. It's kind of neat. Uh, NFL captains get a C patch. Uh, with the letter C on their jerseys. Uh, you know, usually you think about that as a hockey thing. You think about Vincent LeCavier, you think about Stamkos wearing the C in hockey. But obviously a very uh, prestigious thing for a football player to be a captain on his team. Uh, Russell Shepard talked about it today. Gerald McCoy talked about what a great honor it is to be chosen by your peers as a captain. Uh, so five years for McCoy and Jackson. It's kind of neat in the NFL uh, when you get to five years or more, you get a gold patch on your jersey as opposed to just a regular C patch. So neat for those two. Those guys are both five years in a row there. Uh, Gerald McCoy, uh, Vincent Jackson, Levante David is in his third year as a captain now. Uh, Russell Shepard is in his second year as a captain on special teams. And the other offensive captain, as you might guess, is uh, Jameis Winston, who takes over for uh, Logan Mankins, who retired after last season. Uh, and obviously, James Winston has been acting like a captain. That's no surprise at all. But just one more thing that reinforces what a leadership role he now has on this team, even though he's only 22 years old. Uh, so those are your five captains. Again, McCoy and David on defense, uh, Winston and Jackson on offense, and Shepard on special teams. Dirk did mention uh, they will have a sixth captain that rotates in every week. Uh, just kind of a, a special person for that week. Uh, this first game, it'll be Joe Hawley, the starting center. Uh, Joe obviously played his, uh, started his NFL career with the Falcons, was with them uh, until right before last season started, then came over to the Bucks. Uh, so a special week for him going back to Atlanta. Uh, we'll have more on that. Obviously, a lot of guys going back to Atlanta this week. Uh, but I want to give you guys an update. Uh, curiously, I, I don't know that I thought we would have that many more updates. On Danny Vitale, uh, Danny's the tight end for Northwestern, sixth-round draft pick, uh, had been waived by the Bucks, somewhat surprisingly, uh, Friday, Saturday when they made their cuts, uh, was the only Bucks cut to be claimed by another team for their 53-man roster. So the Buffalo Bills uh, had claimed him, uh, got excited, put uh, number 40 on as, as his Bills jersey went up to Buffalo today, uh, and surprisingly, again, in taking a physical with the Bills, uh, they failed him. Uh, so they, they have released him. He is no longer a member of the Bills. Uh, and it's interesting. There's kind of a point of contention here. Uh, the Bills took exception to 
a shoulder injury. Uh, I guess uh, in talking to his agent and talking to his people today, uh, Danny had a shoulder injury, kind of jammed his shoulder in the Bucks' second preseason game, which was the one against the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Uh, Bucks had looked at it, took an X-ray. They had seen that as a minor sprain of the AC joint, uh, which can be serious. That's that's what Austin Sarian Jenkins had last year, uh, but took it as a minor sprain. He did not miss any practice, did not miss any games, uh, had some initial soreness, but no lingering pain or discomfort, uh, was able to continue working out, was bench pressing on that shoulder as normal. And yet when the Bills, who I think are seen as being kind of one of the more uh, conservative medical staffs in the NFL, uh, when they gave him a physical today, uh, I'm sorry, today being Monday, uh, they found what they think is a torn labrum in his shoulder. Uh, so he's been waived. Uh, it'll be interesting. And that as a result of that, there's now actually a fairly good chance uh, that he could come back to the Bucks uh, and be on their practice squad. Obviously, the Bucks practice squad is full right now, but uh, those are very, very uh, ever-changing, the practice squad. So there's 10 guys on there right now, but could easily have two of them cut tomorrow and two new guys put on there. Uh, Danny Vitale would not come through waivers until Wednesday at 4 o'clock, so it's a little bit of a holding pattern here for the next day or two until we see if another team claimed him. Um, he made it all the way to Buffalo, though. Buffalo is the 19th team out of 32 in terms of uh, waiver order, so more than half the league has already passed on him when there weren't injury concerns. So I have to think there's a pretty good chance that Danny could be back. Uh, that's nice for the Bucks. You, you hate to see teams have to cut their own draft picks. But to be able to bring him back on the practice squad, uh, for them that's good in that it keeps him in-house. Uh, that's four months of, of time and coaching and development you put into him that is not for uh, not all for naught, if you will. They have a good chance. And once the guy's in the practice squad, you know, I always think of the practice squad as kind of the on-deck circle for the 53-man roster. If you're on the practice squad and you're playing well, if you know the system, uh, if somebody in your position gets hurt, you, you're the first call more often than not. You get promoted... Uh, now you're on the 53-man roster. Sometimes it's short-lived, and sometimes it's not. Uh, Cameron Brait was on the practice squad last year. Adam Humphreys was on the practice squad last year. Lots of these guys, Howard Jones, the defensive end. Um, so it, it can very easily be a direct path uh, to making this team, to being on this team and dressing on Sundays as well. So we'll be uh, giving an update probably for Thursday's podcast on Danny Vitale just to make sure nobody claimed him, and then possibly... Uh, that the Bucks have signed him to, his, to their uh, practice squad as well. Uh, I want to mention Atlanta. I think I'd mentioned here in the podcast, this is uh, about two weeks ago, uh, Falcons and Dolphins played a preseason game in Orlando, uh, where actually, where FSU and Ole Miss played uh, Monday night. Great game in Orlando tonight. You probably saw some of that. Uh, Ole Miss and FSU uh, playing in Orlando at Camping World Stadium. Uh, and the Bucks actually had a decent presence there. It was funny. Uh, James Winston, Roberto Aguayo were both there uh, to see their old teammates. Channing Ward was there on the old Miss side, the rookie defensive end. It was kind of neat uh, in that FSU gets down 28-6 to uh, late in the first half. He's just getting smoked by Chad Kelly and Ole Miss. Um, and then gets a touchdown at the end of the first half to make it 28-13. And then took over. I mean, uh, great, great game tonight. I think they ended up winning it... Uh, I want to say your final is 41 to 14, 45, 45 to 34. I'm sorry. 45 to 34 is your final there. So Ole Miss gets only six points the rest of the way. Uh, really impressive comeback. Again, so many of those Jameis Winston teams 
got down and managed to come back and, and win games. I think uh, the stat was that it's the uh, seventh time since 2013 that FSU has trailed at the half, and all seven times they've come back and won, which is just uh, ridiculous. That's not a, a good recipe for success, but clearly they are not at all uh, threatened or scared when they get down, especially when they get down. Uh, 22 points is the longest, largest comeback in FSU history. Uh, neat in that Roberto Aguayo's little brother Ricky had six field goals in the game. Uh, set a rat an FSU record that's more than Roberto ever had for the Seminoles. Uh, his first college game, six field goals, six for six. Just a remarkable debut for him. Uh, another, again, they have a freshman quarterback for FSU, much like Jameis Winston was uh, just three years ago. And, uh, and Francois was just amazing tonight. Over 400 yards. It was really neat that Jameis Winston was on the sidelines talked to them a little bit during the game, clearly there, kind of giving them some support. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Uh, two weeks ago, it was just the Falcons and the Dolphins in a far less interesting preseason game in, in Orlando. Uh, but I went over there kind of specifically just to have the open locker room that you get after a preseason game, uh, kind of sat through a, a snooze fest between uh, Falcons backups and Dolphins backups, and uh, did get to talk, however, with uh, a lot of the key Falcons uh, that no Dirk Cutter and no Mike Smith. This season opener in Atlanta on Sunday is very much uh, a trip back in time for those two guys. Uh, Dirk Cutter was the Falcons offensive coordinator from 2012 to 2014. Uh, Mike Smith was the head coach in Atlanta from 2008 to, uh, to 2014. Had a real good run there with the Falcons, especially his first five years. In, in looking at Matt Ryan and talking to him, uh, you know, Matt Ryan had Mike Smith as his coach for his first seven years in the league. Uh, they went to the playoffs four times in his first five years. Uh, I think the total number was 54 and 26. Just a great, great record. That averages, I think, like 11 and 5 is what that worked out to. Uh, so had a lot of success, made the playoffs four times in five years. Uh, in talking to Matt Ryan, you can tell he has a very high respect, not only for Mike Smith as a guy he's still very close to, uh, still calls him Smitty, as they all do, uh, but also for Dirk Cutter as someone who helped him uh, you know, they had success in his three years as well, working with him, uh, talked to Julio Jones, talked to uh, even some of the defensive guys, talked to uh, Sean Weatherspoon, who was a linebacker under uh, Mike Smith, and Weatherspoon honestly was even close to, to Cutter on the other side of the ball. Uh, Weatherspoon went to Missouri, Dirk was once an assistant at Missouri, Dirk's son Derek went to Missouri, just graduated this year, so they he remembered a lot of the personal things that you wouldn't necessarily remember for a coach on the other side of the ball. Uh, was neat. Uh, Spoon said, I think Spoon got to know Dirk's offense so well that in 2014, uh, Weatherspoon had an Achilles injury and missed the whole 14th season. But he said Dirk would not let him around the offensive practice because Spoon knew their offense so well, he would call out the plays uh, during the offensive practice because he knew him so well. So neat to think that these guys, uh, that there's so much familiarity going both ways in this game um it, it's kind of like that uh, you always think about that scene from the princess bride uh where carrie elvis is there and they have the two goblets and one of them is poison and they go back and forth and it's well clearly i cannot choose the one in front of me uh because you know that poison is is fatal and will kill you so you would not place the poison in front of you so i clearly cannot choose the poison in front of you uh and then they say but no at the same time you would know this so I cannot choose the poison in front of me. So they know each other well. They know each other's tendencies. I think both sides know going in that the other side knew that. So there are going to be some slight changes, and it looks like this, but it's really this 
it'll be a neat uh, chess match, if you will, here Sunday afternoon uh, at the Georgia Dome in terms of just seeing who can take what the other side knows and use it against them, if you will. Uh, so very neat uh, story in Tuesday's paper uh, that just has some reaction from the Falcons uh, about the possibility of them going up against, uh, not the possibility, but the, uh, the actual likelihood of them going up against their old coaches with the Buccaneers on Sunday. Uh, today we asked Dirk Cutter about that, uh, and he kind of downplayed it, just said, hey, it's been two years. Uh, a lot of the personnel has changed since the time he was in Atlanta. Uh, he said the emotional time for him has passed. Uh, so as much as he downplayed it, we won't get Mike Smith till Thursday this week. But uh, in talking to Gerald McCoy, he said you definitely see a certain fire in, in Mike Smith's eyes. They're very much as a defense going to want to win this game for Mike Smith uh, to show a team that fired their head coach that they made a mistake and this guy can still be a great coach in the NFL. I think you'll see a very motivated Bucks team. I'm sure uh, the Falcons, on the other side, will be just as motivated to show that uh, Dan Quinn is the right guy for their team and a worthy replacement to Mike Smith and the success he had there in Atlanta. So that's Atlanta. Uh, the one other thing I want to mention before we go here, we're coming up on uh, 17, 18 minutes here on the podcast, uh, is one more potential addition. We talked yesterday a little bit about Jeremy Butler, who is the new receiver on the practice squad, uh, the guy that the Bucks kind of plucked away from the Ravens, uh, had like 30 catches last year, really promising, a guy that I don't think will last very long on this practice squad. I think one way or another, He's going to be on a 53-man roster uh, maybe within the first month of the season. It'll be really neat to see how quickly he can pick things up. Um, a lot of you guys had mentioned on Twitter and in comments and stuff that you were worried, oh, well, the Bucks have him on their practice squad. What's to keep another NFL team from, from signing him away and offering him a full-time job on their 53-man roster? I think usually when you have a player on your practice squad, even a player that you've just added, like a Jeremy Butler, I think there's an understanding that you're here on our practice squad uh, if you get an offer from another team, let us know. Give us a chance to kind of match the offer, if you will. Uh, maybe we'll decide, no, it's good. You can go have fun with the Raiders or whoever signs you. Uh, but maybe they'll say, no, actually, now that we think about it, we can cut this guy. We can make room for you. We don't want to lose you. Uh, so along those lines, the Bucks have a, a receiver that's coming in to work out uh, like a tryout uh, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, a guy named Mikhail McKay, M-E-K-A-L-E is his first name. Uh, his last name is McKay, like Rich, like uh, John, going through your Bucks history. Uh, interesting story. He's a 6'4 receiver, good size, 6'4, 210, uh, played at the University of Cincinnati, actually started his career at Arkansas and then transferred to Cincinnati. Uh, impressive numbers on this guy. Uh, ran a 4.55 at the Combine, ran a 4.61 on his pro day at Cincinnati. Uh, last year, fairly modest numbers, 27 catches for 507 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, had an 88-yard touchdown, averaged 18 yards a catch as a senior at Cincinnati. Uh, in preseason, had 7 for 128, which is also an 18-yard average. This guy's history is, is high averages, long, long catches, deep balls. Uh, 2013, which would have been his first year at Cincinnati, his sophomore year, averaged 30 yards a catch. Uh, 16 catches for 485 yards, 7 touchdowns. 30 yards a catch. It's hard to do that for more than about 5 catches, it seems. Uh, 2014, averaged 16.5 yards a catch at eight touchdowns. So his last three years at Cincinnati, 17 touchdowns. Uh, intriguing to me in that they don't have necessarily uh, a third big receiver on this roster. Uh, Jeremy Butler's 6'2". He's not by any means small, but to have another guy that's like Evans, like Jackson, 
somebody they could groom maybe as somebody to be uh, a big receiver for them down the road. So he is uh, coming in again, uh, Mikhail McKay coming in just for a tryout. And again, if he got the tryout, it would just be a practice squad berth. Uh, so he could be new in the practice squad. Danny Vitale could be new in the practice squad. So already you see that the 10 guys that they named just yesterday on their practice squad, uh, some of them could be traded out. Last year, the, the first two guys, uh, there were two guys that were cut from the practice squad after one practice last year. Um, that's all it takes. Like you bring in somebody from outside, kind of give it a look. Uh, no, we're going to go with that guy instead. Lots of churn on that practice squad. Lots of change over there. Uh, I meant to set that up. Uh, I had gotten a uh, question on Twitter. Actually, my son Riley had asked, do you think Mikhail McKay will get a full look on the practice squad? Uh, he asked if Freddie Martino is the guy that goes. I, I don't know who they would cut on the practice squad necessarily to make uh, room for these new openings. Freddie Martino was kind of the last one to get a spot on the practice squad um, when the Bucks filled out their 10. So you'd think it's kind of last in, first out. Um, but hard to know who it is. It could be that somebody had a bad practice uh, on Monday and could be out. Um, and honestly, we only know of one player that's coming in for the Bucks to work in on Tuesday. There could be five. There could be guys who were cut elsewhere, and they want to get a closer look before they offer them a job. Uh, so again, perhaps when we come back on Wednesday uh, for episode 28, um, we'll have news for a transaction. That should wrap things up here, guys. I'm over 20 minutes here. I want to try and wrap things up. I do want to throw out a couple plugs. Uh, since we have an opponent this week, I want to make sure you're listening to our uh, Check Out the Other Side as well. We have a Locked on Falcons podcast, another great daily podcast you can listen to. They are also at Audio Boom, also on iTunes, on Google Play, uh, everywhere you hear our podcasts. I want to plug our national podcasts. Uh, obviously, we have a national uh Locked on NFL podcast. Uh, Williamson does a great job on there. Our Locked on Fantasy podcast is taking off as well. A lot of people jumping on that. Uh, as you start making your decisions now as to who you're going to start each week and who you're going to sit each week. Uh, the Locked on NFL Draft podcast has also started up. Uh, draft is still a long ways off. Uh, but as college football gets going, we're starting to look at these guys and think of guys as future NFL draft picks. Uh, who might be first-round material? Who might be a good match for your team in the draft? even before this season has started. So lots of other things to plug there. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, we'll do more with the mailbag tomorrow. I'll try and set up a question online and get some responses on there. Uh, hit us up, lockedonbucks at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at lockedonbucks and at Greg Allman, A-U-M-A-N. That will wrap things up. Episode 27 in the books. Guys, thank you so much for listening, uh, for your questions and interaction. We'll be back tomorrow, but for the Tampa Bay Times... And TampaBay.com, this is Greg Allman. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.